Welcome to another episode of It's Christmas Time in Horses Queens. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, are the best people on the planet, Anonymous Alex and Jenna. How are y'all? Yeah. What am I missing? I don't uh-huh. know. What? What is the reference? That's only the, the, the greatest Christmas song ever recorded, Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. Oh, okay. All right. That's the one from... Actually, now I'm terrified that I said Hollis instead of horses. You you did. I did say Hollis? Time. Or I said horses? No, you're good. Oh, okay. First time you said horses. You're good. Okay. Yeah. This is horses. your magnum horspiss. 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 Horspiss? What the fuck? This is the one that's from that movie that I remember the name, Die Hard. Yes. This is the one from Die Hard. It okay. is. Is one hundred percent in Die Hard. Good job. I am amazed, like blown away. A, l- a little shook. Yeah. Our own Christmas miracle. <laughs> Christmas in summertime miracle. Our midsummer Yule miracle. Midsummer. This is the one where we sacrificed him. <laughs> yeah, we made it. Nice. I don't think I think I just jump on my own in that way. You're happened. old. Yeah, I just <laughs> jump off a cliff because I'm old onto a big rock. That's that was that's real. That that's a real thing. It also happened in midsummer. So yeah, I see. I I gathered that it happened in the movie Midsummer. What was baffling me was I just got a TikTok today of Swan Lake being performed, and they do apparently in that play also jump off a uh, rock to their doom. And I was watching because they're filming it from backstage when the ballerina who's so graceful and beautiful on stage then leaps and like, let's go entirely, but then whoops onto the pad and like how like ungraceful she was as she face plants fully on this thing. <laughs> I was on Dude, a When you commit to a jump like that. Yeah. Oh. It's not pretty when you land. No. And they committed. It was, it was truly horrifying. What did they do? Fuck what, off, Tim. What did they Fuck do? Fuck off, Tim. <laughs> Kermitted. <laughs> <laughs> so, since it's still summer, we're still doing our summer reading club. We did, however, get a little taste of Christmas in the middle of summer because book number 13 is a Christmas book and it is called Starlight Christmas. Please tell me why it happened, Alex. I shall. Christmas is upon us all in the Saddle Club world, not here, unless you're listening to this in December, in which case Christmas is upon us all. Uh, Carol's sad because this is the second Christmas without her mom. That's how this book starts. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Fucking downer. It's a super downer. It's okay. We don't stay there for long. Uh, It's fine. At least she has a starlight trail ride to look forward to, the Christmas trail ride along a path lit by lanterns. Surely this will not come up again. 
Just kidding. Anyway, Lisa finds her at school and is like, aren't you pumped about the two and a half weeks we get of vacation? And Carol's like, yeah. And then she's like, want to go to the mall with us? And Carol's like, no, I have to knit my dad Argyle socks because he loves them almost as much as navy bean soup. Uh, she does, however, take the time to go to TD's for a saddle club meeting where Stevie once again introduces problematic body issues by refusing to order anything but a Diet Coke in case she doesn't fit into a fancy dress that she has not bought yet. So there's a holiday dance with Phil, her boyfriend, Philip D. Keating. We've already covered this. Anyways, Carol is at home knitting her dad's socks with Snowball sleeping on the bed, and she's like, oh, I wish Snowball would come play with the yarn while I knit. But because the cat is a contrarian, she tells him to stay asleep and don't play with the yarn, and he does which is wild. So she calls the vet immediately and Dr. Judy is driving pretty close to there on the way to a horse that kicks her. So she's like, yeah, I could stop in. I don't really want to see this horse anyways. So she does diagnoses the cat with hairball and then invites Carol to go on her rounds with her because, you know, Carol wanted to be a vet. It was a whole thing. She's like, just come with me. It'll be great. You have two and a half weeks off. It's wonderful. Meanwhile, at the mall, Stevie and Lisa run into the Colonel and they get pizza They're working on a devious, mysterious plan that even we, the reader, are not privy to. Okay, back at Pine Hollow, Stevie and Lisa overhear Veronica inviting two noobs to join her club. Because apparently Veronica is jealous of the Saddle Club. She calls it like Equinova or something like that. Anyway, she's like, the only way to join my club is to pull a prank on Stevie, Lisa, and Carol so that I can lead the ride with the torch. And they're like okay, we'll do anything for you, Miss Veronica. And they come up with this plan to turn out the horses into the field so they will be too far to go get them. So they're going to throw topside, bark, and uh, pepper out in this field so that they cannot get to them. And Lisa is like, this is it. I'm going to go confront her right now. How dare she do this? And Stevie's like, no, no, wait. We're going to Uno prank them. It'll be wonderful. Uh, okay, cut back to Carol. She's going on some rounds. She sees all sorts of things, including a pregnant mare at Mr. Michael's barn, where she also meets a horse named Pretty Boy, who is very sweet, but she can't pay attention to him too long because she's taking vitals and learning how to be a vet. And uh, Judy basically is just like, throws her into it. No training. Like, I mean, I know she trained her before, but she's basically like, go get the vitals. And Carol's like, oh, shit, you haven't given me any other direction. But she does it. She does it great. Uh, does have to take her watch, though. I didn't write that down. I don't even know why that came up right now but here we are whatever carol wants to tell her friends everything that she's learned and how great this is and she does so at a sleepover and she's going off about all the horses and how cool it was and blah 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 when the phone rings and it's allegedly lisa's mom even though she calls her colonel but lisa's like no 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 there was a colonel nearby it was like just an ancillary colonel don't worry about it anyways the phone rings again it's phil everybody can tell because of stevie's voice it's all lovey-dovey and they have a chat and of course talk about the dance and whatnot but also how phil is invited on the trail ride and how he's going to bring his friend aj and then he also invites them over to a party these are all just plot points you need to know for the rest of this summary carol can't go because she's going with judy Lisa and Stevie, however, can go to this party, and there's a ton of delicious food and prayer and explanations of Jewish traditions because this book from the 90s needed to introduce to us both Catholic and Jewish traditions. This is how they did it. There's a menorah, there's food. They they spent a really long time explaining potato pancakes and when you're allowed to call them latkes and when you're not allowed to call them latkes. It's a whole thing. Turns out, Teddy and AJ's horse, who I think was named Crystal, but I didn't write it down, so I'm not sure. Uh, They're on the property. Yes, nailed it. Okay, they're on the property. So they're like, let's go visit the horses while we're here. And now that we've eaten all this food and we're happy and everything, and Teddy is cast in the stall. Stevie springs into action, grabs some ropes, they roll him over and they save him. And now that they have all bonded, Phil, AJ, Stevie, and Lisa decide to join forces to ultimate prank Veronica. 
Cut to day of the Starlight Trail ride. Carol's working with Judy. They're going on calls all day. And the time for the ride approached. They start heading back to Pine Hollow. But then an emergency call comes in and they get waylaid. They have to go back to Mr. Michael's farm where the foal is being born because the foal was being born backwards. Carol called to let Max know what was going on. And then they headed towards his barn. Cut to Pine Hollow. Stevie's having a fit that Carol won't be there. But what will be, will be. And what will be is that Stevie will be pulling a prank. First of all, they swapped out the stalls of Pepper, Topside, and Bark. The noobs, not knowing enough, turned their own horses that they ride in lessons out, thinking that it was Pepper, Topside, and Bark. Uh, The only one that wasn't one of theirs was the one they switched for Bark, and instead of him, they had a pregnant mare. And they still didn't figure it out. Uh, Anyways, uh, Stevie makes this huge deal about how they're not going to be there to watch this go down, and so they hide and watch these girls turn out their own horses, and their own horses run across a field. Let's just ignore the whole irresponsibility sort of aspect of turning out a pregnant mare with two geldings that, like, don't normally hang out. Whatever. Let's just move right past that. It'll be fine. Anyways, uh, also, Phil and AJ trailer their own horses in for this trailer ride, and they did just leave them on the trailer. There's no need to mention this other than my own fucking rage at how they treated these horses. Whatever. Then they put shaving cream on Garnet, so it looks like she's all lathered up and super sweaty. And so, cut two, back to Mr. Michael's barn. Judy delivers the foal. It lives. She saved its life. It's wonderful. And then the phone rings. A panicked Veronica is calling, saying that Garnet is so sick and lathered up and it's horrible. And Judy's like, I can't go. Carol, you go. And Carol's like, I am a child. I can't drive. And she's like, I forgot. Luckily, they have a solution. Ride pretty boy across the fields. Take him over there. He's not well trained. He's very green, but just go for it. So they tack him up, send her out. Carol rides into Pine Hollow, notices the horses turned out in the field together that shouldn't be there. So she like cow wrangles them back into the barn, puts them away, puts pretty boy in the cross ties. Then she examines Garnet, finds out it's shaving cream. She's like, well, horse is fine. Uh, Dr. Judy is informed, not that it's shaving cream, just that she's fine. And Dr. Judy, who's distracted, is like, okay, cool. Everything has gone well. And now Carol is there and Carol has pretty boy. So she's like, why don't I ride pretty boy in the starlight trail ride with a fire torch, a real fire torch on a green horse. And everybody said, that is a wonderful idea, Carol. You should absolutely do that. So they all get tacked up, head to the arena. Max approves them all to go. They go on this trail ride where they're going through the woods and Carol is leading on a green horse with an active fucking fire torch. And then they get to the town square. There's a bonfire. They made sure to mention the mayor said that that was cool to do. (laughs) Okay. Uh, They get cookies. They get cocoa. They sing jingle bells twice. They sing another song that I've never heard of before, but apparently is a Christmas carol. And then they all have a great time. They head back to Pine Hollow Stables and they're like, the night is perfect. And both Lisa and Stevie were like, not perfect enough yet. Everybody wait. It's coming. Uh, Stevie, Philip D. Keating have a romantic moment. That's wonderful. Cut back to the barn. And we find out that Carol who rode Pretty Boy, was riding her own goddamn horse the whole time. That's right, her dad used money from when her mom died to buy the horse, and now Carol has a horse. They rename him Starlight, and that is how this book basically ends, other than some mention of vacations and presents that we don't care about. You covered a lot of ground in that summary. I did. (laughs) Okay, so my first question. Yeah. And I know that this book was written in a way to paint Veronica as stupid like i get it Mm -hmm. is it possible to use shaving cream to make it look like a horse i've never done i've never heard that and i've never done it i'd try it i don't know (laughs) if you just needed to make it look like it lathered 
Yeah, like I know you. they use uh, marshmallow fluff in competition to make it look like dressage horses are lathered at the mouth because they like spread the fluff on their teeth and then they get like sh- bubbly and like bleh drooly, which is desirable for dressage. It's a whole thing. I don't know about shaving cream. Why is that desirable for dressage? Because it's supposed to mean that the horse is like happy, salivating, accepting the bit, but like that's how to fake it in competitions and it's kind of like a cheat that's frowned upon and like maybe will be outlawed soon we don't really know but yeah apparently if they're salivating a lot and getting foamy it means that they're like happily accepting the the bit in their mouth which is part of dressage you want them to be like happy to serve you that's so weird (laughs) yeah it is fucking weird this horse is so happy to be dancing around fake corpses it's drooling everywhere it loves Dude, corpses. I want... Uh, Corpse drool. I want to just mush marshmallow fluff on Alex's face and then just take her around and just be like, look how happy she looks. I don't think anyone would get that joke, but I think you should. <laughs> I would look pretty I don't, happy. I don't... They're not my audience. I don't do things for their enjoyment. This is all for me. An audience of Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I did. This was more uh, Evil Stevie, or as I like to say... Stevel. Uh, Stevel can evil. Yeah, where it's like you got out Stevie'd, Veronica. That's that's all that is, you know. Yeah. Oh my god. And that's that's the reason I read Saddle Club is to watch Veronica get Stevel'd. To to watch Stevie Stevel people. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, we have a problem. Let's get evil Stevie. But like, can we also talk about how? It's it just doesn't seem like that big of a problem either, though, in the first place, the plan, if they had turned their horses out. okay, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like they were already showing up early to do all these pranks. If they had just let the girls turn out their own horses and then walked out and gotten their horses, it would have taken probably less time than the pranks. Absolute fucking impotence of that. Be like, oh, cool! You turned our horses out. We're still going. You know who the big loser in that situation is, right? It's Max, because he lost two paying customers because these children were being dick whistles. Like those two kids were like, "This sucks. I'm going home," and they're probably never going back to Pine Hollow. They're probably just going to take their horses somewhere else if they even had horses. Yeah, but like they also didn't care about the safety of anything around them and just wanted to be friends with veronica yeah like who who outwardly told them to do something mean and they were like yeah okay i mean the one was like that that's that that doesn't sound cool but i'm still gonna do it so i think you're attacking max's character judgment and i i don't know how i feel about it what you're saying that he's just will accept anybody he'll just just he's just in it for the paycheck yeah yeah if they are gonna yeah, yeah, I am. He's, yeah, he's not. He's not. Because also, he he probably uh, dealt with their parents and not these little bratty children. This is true. Until they got to the stable. This is true. And like, I'm sure that like in the real world, they would have been turned out, and Max would have been like, "Why were you touching other people's horses, or even your own schooling yeah. horses that you did not have expressed permission to ride or handle at this time?" And then they would have been in huge trouble. That's the other thing. In the Saddle Club is is giving this impression that you can walk into a barn with lesson horses and you are allowed to touch and handle these horses at will. 
And that's simply yeah. not the case. <laughs> no. So what happens if that happens? If someone walks in and touches a lesson horse outside of their lesson time without permission? Yeah. What? A whole lot of things can happen. I mean, it depends on the barn, the kid, the instance, blah, blah, blah. But like you're basically handling somebody else's horse without permission, which is like you can get in like legal trouble for that. But like generally you will probably get screamed at for a while in the first instance, if not kicked out immediately. And if it keeps happening then you would definitely get kicked out of the lesson program because those horses aren't there for that kid all the time. It's not like they have one horse to one kid. That lesson horse is doing multiple lessons a day with multiple different things, and you can't have them going out and like just being gone when they're supposed to be there, and you can't have people riding them when it, you have that horse slated for another person's lesson. So all that makes sense. But in my head, the actual what would happen to you the consequences of your action would be that there is like this barn court mm-hmm. barn and there, yeah and there is a barn judge and a barn jury and you will have to go to barn trial barnyard justice yeah and you will get barn excommunicated barn this communicado is, this, yeah this is what happens in my head like it it's like John Wick, but farm style. Farm fresh John Wick. Yes. Yeah. Farm Wick. Farmer John Wick. <gasps> there you go. Don't there you go, me. That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is the same thing. These are the Saddle Club stories I need. I need All right. I need evil Veronica, not just bratty Veronica. I need evil also, Veronica. Like, I don't know why Veronica wanted to be the one to hold the torch. I don't. I don't, I don't understand that at yeah, all. Anytime there's like a, hey, you can do like more work or you can enjoy yourself. Um, I want to enjoy myself. I don't want to be the her, one that's holding the dangerous fire. Her her cult name was way better. Aquinas. Than, yeah, Aquinas versus Saddle Club. Aquinas is a much better name. Yeah. Although when uh, Alex did describe it, I did think Nexium. That was what came to mind. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So I was trying to figure out how to write Aquinas, but with like numbers and like missing letters, like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it like looks cooler than it actually is. It would be like E nine U one. I don't know. That's it. Those yeah, are I'll, all. I'll, <laughs> I'll workshop it. Nice. All right, I have to tell you guys the thing that pissed me off the most about these books. Hit me. Okay. Well, this this book. Uh, that they trailered horses into the barn to go on the trail ride and then left them on the fucking trailer while they went about and did a barn tour and a prank and multiple other things. And, and they, they tried to explain it away by, like, saying they're used to being in a trailer. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so... All right, I want you to pretend for a second that I don't know much about horses. <laughs> um, why why is this a bad thing? Okay. So you've you've probably never been in a in a trailer. Is that no, correct? I have never been in a trailer. This is this is accurate. Okay. So you load them in to these little sort of box areas that are about their body size. And you can put hay in there. Generally, you don't put water in there. Certainly not when in movement. Sometimes when you stop, you can give them water at the brakes. But there's not much room to move. 
Um, and trailering itself is difficult for horses because they are constantly battling your driving, right? So every turn you take, they are pushing against. They they have to keep themselves upright and they're either straight ahead with your car, so they're like pushing back or like coming forward as you're moving or they're slanted where they're kind of leaning one way or the other. So it's exhausting to ride in a trailer. It's also not a lot of airflow. Like even if you open up the grates and stuff, like if you're not moving, there's not airflow coming through there. So it can heat up really fast, especially in the summer. It gets like crazy hot. Um, even in the winter, like the inside of the trailer can raise like 30 degrees in minutes. Like not minutes, probably like 15, 20 minutes. But like it goes very fast and it gets hot. It gets stuffy. It's not comfortable to be in there. And horses aren't the greatest at super tiny spaces. So it's just kind of a welfare issue because they're leaving them on the trailer to just stand and the, the trailer's no longer moving. So a lot of horses get very antsy. So when it's moving, their bodies are doing things. When they're just standing there, all they can do is stand there and not move. So they get like really kind of stressed and anxious and everything. And so it's just not, it's just mean to leave them there. There's also ties on the outside of the trailer for this exact purpose. They Mm -hmm. could have unloaded them and tied them like with halters on to the side of the trailer with their hay. And then they can move, they can like breathe, they can look around and they're comfortable. And they didn't do that. They just left them on the trailer. That makes sense. Yeah, it annoys the shit out of me. Because, like, the whole book, like, how many times did Carol say, I'm not thinking of, like, blah, blah, blah's, like, their comfort. Like, oh, you fed the horse in their stall before untacking them fully? Think of their comfort. And yet these chuckle fucks leave the horses on the trailer for fucking hours. Then they load them and don't drive off immediately. Let them stand on the trailer a fucking again. I was displeased. Mm-hmm. So am I now, now that I fully understand the situation. Yeah. God, and God forbid they go to the bathroom on the trailer. They're just standing in it because there's nowhere yeah. to go or for it to move. And they, they always do. Pony shits down the side of every trailer. You can always <laughs> tell where she's been. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I feel like that sort of ties into our horse term a little bit. Because we saw Carol's outrage at the situation that caused the term... Um, also, you just talked about them standing in their own filth, so this is all kind of working towards it. Uh, one of the things they talked about was thrush. Explain to me thrush and how you get it. I shall. Yeah. Um, so in the book, the way that they said the thrush happened was that they were in this very dingy stable that they were not cleaning often enough. The horses were standing in their own feces and everything. Sure, that's a way to get thrush, uh, and those are terrible conditions. They should absolutely be cleaning the stalls more often, getting them fresh air. That's a respiratory disaster waiting to happen. But thrush is what we're talking about. Thrush is a bacterial buildup in the hoof, uh, and a lot of the times it happens starting at the frog because that is the soft, fleshy part, and so you can get bacteria trapped up in the frog, and then it kind of spreads out to the rest of the hoof. Not always, but most often that's how it happens. It can happen because of situations like this where it's not being cleaned enough. It can also happen because your horse is prone to it and it rained a little bit. It's not immediately a sign of like you neglect your horse. In fact, Pony just had her first bout ever of thrush recently because it rained for like three days and she was standing out in the mud for three days because she lives outside mm-hmm. and it rained. Um, there's also horses that are just prone to it, like uh, thoroughbreds generally are, are pretty sensitive to it. Um, mm-hmm. So they can get it even if they're in cleaner conditions. It could maybe just take like a, a minor like uh, humidity, not humidity, but like 
yeah. level of, of water in the ground change. But yeah, that's all it is. It's a bacterial buildup. Um, and there's, it's super, super easy to treat. Uh, you can get a little bit of um, Tomorrow, which is a paste for mastitis in cows that you put up in the udder for cows. Horses, you just put it in the frog. It's just that. And usually like one treatment, if it's not a bad case, can take care of it. Uh, there's less good in some people's opinion, thrush buster, which is just another thing. It just kills off the bacteria. You put it in the foot one time, you're good to go. Um, sometimes it's chronic thrush and it can stick around for a while and you need some vet intervention, but that's pretty rare. Most of the time your horse is going to get it seasonally, like in spring. Okay. So what exactly is it? What are the symptoms that, that you would see with it? So my, like the one that always gets me before anything else, once you know it is by smell. You'll mm-hmm. pick up the foot. You might not even see it, but that smell hits you and you're like, oh, okay, got to treat for thrush. Yep. Um, it just smells like, like dirty, like bacteria. Like you can just, you can immediately smell it. Um, also the look of the foot, like if it's a little bit like the frog looks a little bit like puffy or wet or something like that. If you, if it gets really bad, you can see it in the other, like the, the actual like hoof itself. You can start seeing it spreading a little bit, but smell is your, your go-to way to find it. Okay. And what is it? does it cause pain for the horse it can if it's really bad but if it's if it's just starting and like you get to the point where like you can't see anything but you can just smell it most of the time if there's no other hoof issues going on and they're generally healthy it's not going to cause anything you don't even like they're not going to be off or anything they're not going to notice it they're yeah they're not really going to notice it i mean the i'm sure they notice it within their bodies but they're not limping they're not it's not painful or anything like that so That's it's really it's bad. basically like the start of a bad situation is mm-hmm. what it sounds like. It would be like, I would compare it to like if you get like a toe fungus or something like that or a nail fungus where you might spray it with stuff once a day and then like you can resolve it. As long as it's not, you know, medically horrible, you might notice that happening like athletes foot or whatever, spray it, you're good to go. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Okay. Well, now that we've learned that, what about horse news? I picked a news story that my farrier shared. Okay. <laughs> Yay. I'm so excited. Uh, okay. So also speaking of trotters, which we've done recently. So uh, there's this filly that upsets the Hambletonian Oaks by being one of the first uh, trotters to ever go barefoot in this race. Does, what would the odds of the one that won? 28 to 1. Okay. So she she was not expected to win at all. Yeah. Because she hadn't been doing good because her feet hurt. And then she went barefoot. So anyways, now they're going to keep raising her barefoot, which is really exciting, especially like, you know, is to get options, basically. Is barefoot horse racing or horses that race barefoot, is that common? Is that not common? It's not common. Um, and even horses that are are solid without shoes on, a lot of the times for racing, they will put shoes on uh, because it, it can add grip in the track. Um, there's a lot of, of beliefs around having like aluminum shoes on for turf with like a little bit of like lips on them to help them like push off. Horse racing industry standard is they have shoes no matter what. You don't assess the horse. You don't decide if they do better with or without it. You just shoe the horse when they get to racing age and they go. And that's like thoroughbred racing, trotting race, like it's racing in general. Um in fact, until recently, going barefoot was a lot of uh, like Western people were more that way. It's kind of a, a new phenomena in the English world. And I shouldn't say that because it's been brewing for a while. But like even now, it like makes news when a horse goes to a, a big eventing 
thing barefoot or a jumpers going barefoot. That's big news because it just doesn't happen at the upper levels because people have just always shod their horses. Is that really the the past tense of shoe? Shod? Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that. I think I would have said shoed. Shoe I'm works. learning all over the place. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool though, right? It's super cool. Like it's... It's awesome that that could be an option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you think that that natural... Okay, and this, again, is from somebody who has zero clue what they're talking about. Wouldn't you think that the natural alternative would generally be better? Like, what's the benefit of the It would depend on the horse, I would, I feel like. Yeah? I mean, that makes sense, too. Absolutely depends on the horse. And part of this problem is that thoroughbreds like the thoroughbred industry thoroughbreds notoriously have horrible hooves because they shoe them like that's they, they've just always been shod so they they haven't had to breed for really good hoof confirmation so that is generally speaking one of the biggest problems you're going to have if you own a thoroughbred is their feet are going to go at some point they're going to need a lot of work um just because it hasn't been retained as they're breeding these horses they're breeding for other factors mm-hmm. um but yeah, if your horse can go barefoot and does well barefoot, why not? Um, there's yeah. there's a lot of studies, especially about like on turf, that horses that are barefoot have a better time. Uh, they, they don't slip as much. They can retain better on turf. Then again, you can also get shoes with studs in it, like, like cleats. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to do great on turf, <laughs> but you can't go on cement. So like, you know, you just kind of got to shoe for your situation, your horse and what's best for them. See, mm-hmm. now... Cl- Okay, that's something that I don't think I've thought about. If we've talked about it, I don't remember talking about it, but the the cleat shoes, that sounds scary to me because I've seen, you know, I've seen athletes, you know, where their their feet dig into the ground and get stuck there. And I just, that seems like it could end real bad for a horse. I don't think I've seen um, an injury of them getting stuck. I'm sure there is where they've just gotten stuck and twisted a little bit, but the injuries I've seen a lot of with, with studs in is uh, slipping. Like if they go on any sort of pavement concrete that just like mm-hmm. skids yeah. out from under yeah. them yeah. and then kicking at each other and getting them mm-hmm. caught on each other's feet and things like that. Now that makes sense too. But yeah, but generally you put the studs in, like you put the special shoes on and they just have little screw ports in them. You screw on the studs before you go do like whatever you're doing on turf, like cross country or whatever. And then you unscrew them and take them out as soon as you're done. I had a pair of golf shoes that did that. Yeah. So you could replace the the spikes. So that when Tim had to permanently wear his shoes for mm-hmm. six to eight weeks at a time, mm-hmm. he could unscrew the studs when he came inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't scratch up exactly. the hardwood floor. If, if I got to play golf in a manner that would fit me wearing my shoes permanently for six to eight weeks, I would absolutely do it. No. If it meant Why? I got to play no, more golf. No, Tim, Tim, no. no. I no. Remember when we just talked about thrush and athlete's yeah. foot? No. Nope. Cons- consequences be damned. I would absolutely Ugh. do that. Why would why? Because it means I get to play a lot of golf. That's the that's the choice there. I think you would play the same amount of golf and then have to sleep in shoes. I play virtually no golf. None now. golf. None golf. But I if that were my choice, if I had to sleep in shoes to get to play more golf, I would do that. <laughs> Alex is just shaking her head. Just no. Just, yeah, these are poor like life choices you're making, Tim. Yeah, sleeping in shoes is a really big, really big no for me. Yeah. Okay, so I sleep in shoes. Well, I haven't done it 
recently. Uh, but I do it quite often because I take naps a lot. But, okay, now listen, I'm going to go ahead and, and say that naps is fucking different because those are little, <laughs> yeah, little gifts that you get to give yourself throughout the day sometimes randomly. And you have to take what you can get no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, that's true. But like true. sleeping for a full night. I'm sure I've done this at some oh, point in my life. I have done I it. I absolutely have I, done it. I I don't I, recall. I stayed at a hotel right outside of Disney once. Um, it was called the Roomba. I don't know if it still exists. It was the scariest hotel I've ever been in. And I need you to understand, I've been in some shitty places. <laughs> some real fucking like you might get murdered in your sleep kinds of places this place i was certain it was going to happen um i did not want to move the covers i didn't bring my bag inside i was like if it gets stolen in the parking lot that's fine um i'm not taking anything out of here and i slept in all of my clothes on top of a, a car blanket that i put down on the bed in my shoes with a hat and my hood over my head that That's sounds preservation. terrible. Oh my god! I don't know how you would actually get to sleep in those conditions if you were that concerned. I, I don't know I, that I could hey, actually fall hey, asleep. Hey, I didn't. I mean, I yeah, I, 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 say. I dozed off for like fifteen minutes, and then I heard a car alarm, and I was like, "This is it." The fucking mm. okay. So this was on the second floor, and the the walkway for the second floor was like disconnected from the building and falling down. Oh no! And I was just oh, like. No. I'm going to die here. This is no good. No. Yeah, this is no good at all. No, it was it was very no good. Okay, so thrush. Keep your feet clean. Mm -hmm. Keep your feet clean. Mm -hmm. That's if you can do one thing for your horse every time you go to the barn, pick their feet. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, hold on. You say pick their feet. Mm -hmm. How do you pick feet? I know that sounds like a stupid question, but like. With a pick? Yeah, I got that. But like, jerk. But like, uh, <laughs> you're just cleaning debris, right? Yep. You're cleaning out. You go on each side of the frog to like pick out the debris there. If there's anything built up in the hoof, you pick it out of there. And then there's generally a brush on the other side of the hoof pick. Sometimes there's not. And you just pick it out and then like kind of knock out what you can. If there's mm -hmm. a brush, then you just like brush out the feet. Do you, uh, do you towel? Do you dry no. the feet? Because that seems like it would be sort of self-defeating. <laughs> Well, what if it's been raining? Them. Then you, well, I mean, okay. honestly, most of the time it falls out in a super satisfying chunk of mud in the exact oh, shape of the foot. Okay, mm -hmm. okay, okay. Nice. Okay. It's delightful. And then you just have like a rounded chunk of, of mud that looks like the inside of a horse's foot. It's delightful. So pick your horse's feet. Pick your horse's feet. Okay. If you have to pick one thing to do, that's what you do. Nice. Preferably more, but if you have to pick one thing. <laughs> Jenna. Are you ready? No. <laughs> no? Oh, God. Sorry. Dog hit the microphone. Um, not rusty, but horse number one is a Palomino Brumby Stallion born to a Palomino mother, Bell Bell, and a chestnut father, Yaraman. Yarbell. No, that, that would be... Baby Bay Bell. Bellman would also be good. That's like a weatherman song waiting to happen. You say uh, this is not this is not like traditional lineage horse names. Okay. Well then let's have another clue. 
All right. This horse's name means wind. And he was named for the wind for the wild wind that blew the night he was born. Breeze. Gale. Oh, that's a good one. That's better than Breeze. No. Is it like Australian Aborigine name for wind? Yep. Okay. I don't know that word. Uh, yeah, but... sure don't. Sure don't. All right. Okay. Okay, all right. Let's see. Then I think we're going to go to Google already. <laughs> Listen, I helped. Let it be said that I helped. <laughs> and go. Oh, my God. I typoed this so badly. Mar? No. Caius? Nope. Thaura? Yeah. What is this? It's from the Silver Brumpy. Oh, Australia Scott's going to be so excited. I didn't realize that was a that was an animated thing. Yeah. I thought this was a real horse. It's real in your mind. Yeah, Australia Scott is going to be so excited. He has Good. talked about those in the Horse Girls Discord before. I'm not saying that there are more horses from that in this quiz at some point coming up in the Themed quiz. Themed quiz. Themed. <laughs> you want a whole? No, that that's too easy. It's not. I don't know anything about this this series at all. Yeah, but now that I've given you the information that there's going to be more, that there might be, that there might possibly potentially be more on the list. After my first failed Google, I don't feel confident in my abilities. Okay. Are you guys ready for horse number two? Yes. Yeah. Alrighty. Horse number two is a horse character in the Franco-Belgian comic series, Lucky Luke, created by Belgian artist Morris. Not a singular clue. Yeah. Well, you've given me a clue. I don't have a clue. It's not actually Lucky Luke, is it? No. Okay. It's Lucky Ben-Hur. Lucky Luke <laughs> is, a, is a person. Ugh, gross. Yeah. No? Okay. Described as the smartest horse in the West and able to perform tasks such as chess playing and tightrope walking, this horse accompanies his cowboy in their travels across the Wild West and delivers frequent quips. No. I've never even heard of Lucky Luke. I don't know what this is. Is Lucky Luke something I should have heard of? Mm, well, you are old, so. Ouch. Um. Okay, so this was like a a thing when I was a kid? Yeah. Like, you, you may have seen it. Okay. I'm, 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 let's go. Clever to Hans. Oh, that's a good guess. No, it's not a good guess. It's not a good <laughs> guess, and we do not stand that fucking lying traitor. <laughs> what are we? Was it Big Jim? Beautiful Jim Key. <laughs> we are beautiful <laughs> Jim Key fucking absolute fanatics on this show. Get with the program. I dropped something because of you. I dropped something. Gravity is not my fault. No, I claim gravity, actually. I was about gravity to say, we don't know fault. that. Yeah, it's true. 65 million years ago, the Alex was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What you don't know is I'm Benjamin buttoning this whole thing. <laughs> so, so you're like 
you're past the midpoint then. Yeah. You're you're on your way to being old baby. Yeah, I'm on my way to Adam Driver, the distant future. <laughs> okay. Now everything falls into place on why you would refer to it that way. I'm going to save the dinosaurs. Okay. <laughs> All right. This horse first appeared alongside Lucky Luke in the story Arizona 1880, published in the Alamanche issue of the Franco-Belgian comics magazine Spiro on December 7th, 1946. Domino? No. I'm just going to think of like horse maybe names. Platinum. No. Pewter. No. I'm just doing silver adjacent sort of names. It's not. It's not. It's not that. I could go ahead and tell you. I was hoping it would be a play on on silver somehow. No. No. Yeah. I'm going to have to go to Google. Okay. And go. Jolly Jumper? Yes. I didn't even believe it as I was saying it. You didn't. I heard the doubt. <laughs> There's so much doubt. So much. Lucky Luke was able to outdraw his own shadow. What? That's how fast he was. Technically yeah. speaking, isn't every being able to outdraw their own shadow just by a fragment of time based on the fact that your shadow has to fall from where you are does, to the ground. I, does the word pedantic mean anything to you? Yes. <laughs> and now let me describe in detail what it does mean to me. <laughs> Have I ever told you guys the license plate story? No. Uh-uh. So we were, we were driving somewhere once with friends. Shannon and I each were driving our own cars. Our friends were following us. And they confused Shannon's car for my car. Shannon has a vanity plate. So we were sitting at dinner one night, and they're like, oh, so what does your license plate mean? And i confused because I just have a generic what they assigned me at the DMV. was like, let me tell you what S943682 means to me as a person. <laughs> That's not my real license. I don't have it memorized. But I'm like, let me tell you what it means to me. And then I just started trying to say what those numbers and letters meant. <laughs> nice. And they realized their mistake. <laughs> See, it just, it really kills me that you don't like being told to commit to the bit because you do it so well. <laughs> That is a possible possible tattoo idea for me is Kermit and then right above it, Kermit to the bit. How big? I d well, I, I had mentioned my entire back. Roll for size. <laughs> <laughs> Roll a D12 twice. That's brilliant. What if it is one by 12? Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to Kermit. I've gotta... <laughs> the skinniest Kermit. Yeah. I could get Diggum on the other, like I could get Kermit on one uh, arm and then Diggum on the other one and I'll just have... What's a Diggum? It's the frog from uh, Smacks, Honey Smacks cereal. Oh, I know that one. Mm -hmm. I'll just get frog tattoos. Okay. And then I'll walk up to people and I'll show them both my frogs and I'll be like, Pick my frog. Can can you also get a a Rainforest Cafe slash Ty Beanie Baby uh red eyed tree frog though? Absolutely. Sweet. Alex's turn. Yeah. I, I yeah. Thank you. I have a question. Um, Tim, could you? I imagine this being a forearm tattoo. Get multiple little tadpoles and then say these are my kids. I could. 
I could. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You must have a tadpole tattoo. If you plan to get at least one frog tattoo, you must also have a tadpole tattoo. Yes. I require this of you, sir. Kermit, God damn it! I know, this has gotten out of control, and now I'm the irony of me not committing to the bit. Why has nobody gotten a tadpole with the mask of Deadpool and said, this is my dead... dead Deadpool? Deadpool tattoo. Actually, why isn't there a tadpole with a Deadpool mask? Like, action tadpool. figure. It exists? No. Oh. Yeah. We're really into being in this moment? I'm imagining Deadpool's head that is regenerating his body. Yeah. He just, he just looks oh. like a tadpole. He looks like a yeah. little cummy. That's what <laughs> <laughs> like a little Deadpool cummy. <laughs> anyway, do you guys want horse number three? Since yes, we're not done sir. with this yet. <laughs> horse number three is actually a song written by Jimmy Driftwood, who originally recorded and released it in 1959. Bronco. No. This horse has no name. No. It's like Big Horse or something like that. No. Bad Horse. We've already had bad horse on the quest. We have had bad horse on the quest. No, that, no, yeah, uh, yeah, yes, we have. Okay. I was thinking about the literal last quiz that we did where I sang Ben Hur to bed horse. No, this was a hundred years ago. Yes. Like all of them. Yeah. Okay. It was a song recorded when? 1959. By who? Jimmy Driftwood. In fact, this is considered to be Jimmy Driftwood's most recorded song. It was his magnum horse piss. It was his magnum horse piss. Ranger. Nope. Well, it was worth a shot. Was it? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, actually, that's not true, because you can't oh, miss no. something that you don't attempt. <laughs> you dare doubt our Canadian god? <laughs> Ped pedantrist. Is that a thing? Pedantrist. Like a philanthropist? That's pedantic. I was thinking podiatrist. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, a footman. Right. Uh, a footman. Okay, do we have any other clues about Jimmy Driftwood's song? Yeah, the song tells a story about the adventures of a man and his horse, a courageous, sun-colored, green-eyed stallion. The song's timeline appears to take place during the period of time of over 20 years, beginning in 1825 and ending after the Great Flood of 1844. It's trigger time, which no. is, it's hammer time, but the lyrics are all changed to be about trigger. It's Jimmy Driftwood doing the Chinese typewriter across the stage. <laughs> oh, man. No, I have no idea. No idea. Nope. Man. Never heard of Jimmy Driftwood. All right. Have you heard of Eddie Arnold? No. Uh... Uh, oh no, I was thinking Eddie Munster. Because his uh, version was a top five hit on the Billboard Country Singles chart in 1959 and was nominated for a Grammy Award in both country and folk categories of that year. I want to be a cowboy, baby. Stallion? Is it just called like... Megan the Stallion. Yes. It was Megan the Stallion, the song from 1959. Is it? Is it? Is it just a horse term? Uh, there is a horse term in the name. There's a state and a horse term in the name. Minneapolis. Ma no. Um, no. <laughs> but that is why I did put it on this quiz. Uh, Texas. Tennessee trot. 
Oh, God. No, you're so close. Tennessee Stallion. Tennessee Mustang? No. Oh. T- Tennessee Gelding. Tennessee... You are is Tennessee the word. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee is the word. Okay. You are right there. You are just like God damn it. The only other T word that's coming up right right now is Tranter, and that's not it. I didn't say that I didn't say that the other word had to be a T word. But that's the only thing that rhymes, damn it. Tennessee. Okay. Uh Okay, so we said Stallion, we said Mustang. Yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee Cancer. Tennessee Gallop. Tennessee Saddle. Lope. Tennessee. Appaloosa. Nope. Tennessee Tracaner. Tennessee Draft Horse. No. Tennessee Drift. Oh, that's a good one. Nope. Yeah, but not for this. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why can I not think of horse words right now? Like, uh, this is killing me. I'm just, I don't know any that would be, like, applicable. Do you, do you want me to, like, skip through... Like I'm not. Do you want me to skip through the the most the of these clues, yeah, and get to like the the last clue that I the last set of clues that I think will be helpful? Yes, please. Sure. All right. Eventually, the man and his horse both become lonely and homesick and ride back to Tennessee. I've already you already know where the man gives his girl's father and outlaw brother their comeuppance. He and his girl on her Tennessee mare ride off together across the mountains and valleys wide. And then after crossing the Big Muddy and fording the flood, build a cabin and settle down. The man and his girl have a baby while this horse sires a colt with the mare. Tennessee Walker would be. Oh, that's a good one. Tennessee. So So this horse's counterpart is called the Tennessee mare. The Tennessee Stallion? No. Tennessee not mayor uh i mean technically it bred it's not the tennessee gelding that would be ridiculous yeah no that we already said that yeah see colt no see philly what's the word that i'm looking for that's the opposite of mayor stallion tennessee stud yay go oh. alex congratulations we did it <laughs> yay i'm gonna go listen to this song tonight I feel yeah. like I've heard that 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 title before. I have not. I will not claim to have heard this title before. I don't think we'll I've heard claim. this song, but I feel like I've heard that title before. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to it on Kicks 101.5 on Friday and Saturday nights when they would play like old country music. It's a deep cut. I mean, I'm an old. So it, yeah. Actually, you know what? Is that radio station still around? Yeah, I think so. Is it? In some yeah. variation somewhere. Yeah. Did you used to listen to Moby in the morning? And I did used to listen to Moby <laughs> in the morning. I don't I don't endorse Moby in the morning. I don't know. I don't know how that guy shook out. I'm yeah, not who, even, knows? Uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> it was a part of my childhood, so I love the idea that you can say, I don't know how that guy shook out. Like I love that. <laughs> That's my favorite phrase for people. <laughs> All right, Tim. Tell me about metal horses in the barn. (laughs) All right. So if you make good life choices and decide to subscribe to the Horse Girls Patreon, you could earn, at the proper tier, a metal horse in our barn. There are Palladium ponies. We do have several of those. But what you really want is a metal horse in the barn. 
just like Hot Lava SpaghettiOs from Nate, Iron Meriden from Philip D. Keating, Stevie Lake's boyfriend, Dale Donuts the Third from Anonymous Steve, because we don't dox him anymore, uh, Dime Bag from Matt Aylman. Oh, and don't forget about Moose McGraw, Big Thick Martingale, and Beta Ray Philly. And then I forgot somebody's I'm sure. That's fine. We have no way of knowing. We have no way of knowing. Uh, and then Ronnie from Scott. I don't know. That was a lot of pressure to just do that from memory. Yeah. I forgot to mention that you get content. Oh, yeah. You get oh. Hearst Girls with, with your Patreon Hearst subscription. Girls. Which is the real reason, because Casey is a goddamn delight. Hell yeah. That's accurate. But also, you want a metal horse in the barn. Like, don't lie. You know you want one. How do I get there? Uh, singlethoughtconnection.com, T-H-O-T. Do you want me to end the torture? Yes, please. And this brings our podcast to an end, similarly to the way that Clever Hans was the only horse that we stand on this Where to God. Hold on, hold on. If hold on. you don't... Oh... If, uh, uh, similarly to the way that Alex just tried to end me by putting me on the spot to name all the metal horses, mm-hmm. in which I probably didn't do it right. But like a phoenix from the ashes, <laughs> you too, like a phoenix from the ashes, can rise to our, I don't know, I guess Facebook. Uh, do that. Follow us on Facebook at Horse Girls Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Horse Girls Cast. If you want to buy some radical shirts and things, visit DuckDuckJenna.com, America's most beloved search engine to search for Horse Girls merch and only Horse Girls merch. If you want to find us another podcast, you can. If you like D&D, check out the Botch Podcast and Dungeons and Dragon Beams and also Late Starters which is TTRPG, not necessarily D&D, but whatever, like it. If you like Animorphs, check out Animorphs Anonymous. If you are betwitched by Jenna, check out Jenna's Twitch at twitch.tv slash Jenna Chill with one singular L, which I'm hoping if I sing it, will sink in further. You know how sometimes you just need to hear it sung to you? This is one of those times, so there you go. <laughs> sometimes you need a visual. Sometimes it, it gets the people. Right here. <laughs> so imagine, if you will, come, come with me on this journey where you spell chill. C-H-I-L, and do not put the second L there. This is the journey that we must take together. Thank you for coming to my meditation moment. Mysterious. Like C-H-I-L, yeah, it's like, is it chill? Is it chilly, like the pepper? Or is it chilly, like the country? Or is it child? There's, you don't there's know. no E. There's no E. No, I know. It's like, which way is it going to go? And you're like, oh, no, it just like stays there. Oh, like it's incomplete. There. Yeah, but it just stays nice. there. You got to leave the people wanting more. Yeah. People want that second L. They want that second L. That's why you got to leave them wanting more. Yeah. So they go after that second L. Mm-hmm. You never know where that search will take you. You never know until you try. If you, like me, can't get enough of Tim's beautiful voice, he has voice acted on such podcasts as The Way We Haunt Now, Tunnels, Haunted Hell, House of Horrors, and Horror Shop Radio. And if you think our episode art is hella cute, it is. You are correct. Congratulations. It was created by Casey D, who writes and illustrates a webcomic called Beside You, which you can read for free at BesideYouComic.com. May the nuts have a stick to your roof. Moose Job McGraw. Oh, I just lost my Zoom call.